This is a sample of our Monday bonus episodes. To support independent media, access our entire catalog of bonus episodes, and listen to everything ad-free, please visit patreon.com slash conspirituality. You can also access these full bonus episodes on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for your support. This story begins with a photorealistic painting and a handwritten list. The painting is of a daytime outdoor scene. The backdrop, a meshwork of tall green forest trees. Foreground, five men sit in very rustic-looking Adirondack chairs, relaxed but deep in discussion. Behind and above them towers a statue of a Native American man, face lifted, well-muscled arms raised, palm up, as if in gratitude or reverence. Two feathers in his hair, long braids draped over his bare chest. The men are middle-aged and wear outdoorsy clothes, two in shorts, the others in chino-style hiking pants, hiking shoes, one even in those open-toed outdoor sandals, thick straps, good tread. On a small end table between them, the paraphernalia of cigar smoking, lighter, cutter, cigars. The lone black man appears to be the one talking. He's slumped back in his chair, cigar held aloft, mouth open, eyes in the middle distance. The others listen, three looking directly at his face, the fourth staring into space, cigar tucked between his fingers, hand dangling from a loose wrist draped over the arm of the chair. The speaker is Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. The painting is at the center of ProPublica's reporting from April of last year, which ignited a media firestorm and a crisis of faith in the independence of our highest court. That's because the man beside Thomas in hiking sandals and shorts, cigar in hand, is billionaire Republican megadonor Harlan Crow. The deck is located at a 105-acre private lakeside resort, Camp Topridge, in upstate New York. And the painting commemorating this meeting now reportedly lives on one of its walls. Crow owns the invitation-only resort. Hi, Conspirituality listeners. Julian here with another installment in my Swamp Creatures series. I should tell you that you can now find all of the previous episodes under the handy Collections menu item at the top of the page. So far, we've gone deep into the muck on the origin stories, high crimes, and misdemeanors of Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, Mike Flynn, and Steve Bannon. You may already think You know all about those guys. But listen, if you haven't yet, check out those episodes. Your jaw may just hit the floor. Far from draining the swamp, the Trump era has been characterized by giving the most corrupt, sociopathic mud dwellers the keys to the kingdom and then pardoning them when they get caught, indulging their criminal appetites for power and wealth. Some of these characters are back after redeeming their get-out-of-jail-free cards for more in 2024. Meanwhile, Trump faces his own election-year criminal comeuppance, having, as best he could, and in unprecedented fashion, stacked the court system 
in his favor all the way up to the top. I said before that the most important man in the painting we started with was Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, and that the reason it is emblematic of the crisis of judicial ethics and the all-time low public confidence in our highest court is embodied in the person sat beside him in shorts and open-toed hiking sandals, Harlan Crow. The other men are significant too, but none more so than the third I will identify now. His name is Leonard Leo. He sits looking intently through his round spectacles at Thomas, hands held in that classic steepled fingers shape characteristic of confident focus. Though he sits with a Supreme Court judge and the billionaire co-founder of Club for Growth, by some measures, Leonard Leo may be the most powerful person under those trees. Which brings us to the list I mentioned. This time, we picture just two men. Donald Trump sits facing the TV camera, an American flag covering the entire wall behind him. He's talking to Fox News host Sean Hannity, who we only see from behind. And what we did, and I, I just have it, um, we just took a list of judges and... Yeah. Uh, I thought what I would do is put this forward and this would be the list that I would either choose from or pick people very close in terms of the spirit and the meaning of what they represent. I uh, came up with a list. Uh, the Federalist Society was very much involved. So in that clip, Trump unfolds a piece of paper which he's reached off camera to grasp as a visual aid. I don't actually know if it's handwritten. That just sounded good. It's probably printed from an email. Hell, who knows? Maybe it was just Trump's lunch order. But the paper is intended to represent a list of potential Supreme Court nominees created for then-President Trump by Leonard Leo, who was then-Vice President of the Federalist Society. One of Trump's repeated promises during the 2016 campaign was that the three Supreme Court appointees that he might get to pick would essentially all be chosen by the Federalist Society. It was an unprecedented guarantee. Some political analysts say that this move did a lot to galvanize evangelical support for the otherwise unpalatable candidate and swayed powerful never-Trumpers who saw no trace of actual conservatism or presidentiality in him to fall in line behind the unscrupulous New York real estate wheel-a-dealer pussy-grabbing formerly pro-choice brash and unqualified candidate. And I'm appointing, you know, you saw the 11 names I gave, and we're going to have great judges, conservative, all picked by Federalist Society. Gaining control of the court has been central to the conservative project of overturning the last 60 years of progress toward a more open and equal society, overturning legal abortion, maintaining gun rights, forcing gay and trans people back into a dark and unequal closet, keeping corporations safe from business and environmental regulations, and the wealthiest Americans free from paying their fair share of taxes. Trump kept that promise. 
as we've seen in the momentous decisions since the 6-3 supermajority was established on the court, this promise will likely reshape American society in the mold of an outdated religious conservatism favored by a minority of the population and represented by those five paunchy, cigar-smoking power brokers in the painting. While the frozen-in-stone, powerless, indigenous icon of shirtless, masculine naturalism bestows his tokenized blessing. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.